You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, these things uh, can happen to the best of us, you know. I remember Andre Agassi, you know, dropped to well past 100 and then came back to be number one in the world again. So it shows you anything can happen. Uh, it shows you if you persevere, you can you can do it. And it also shows you that players who have been one of the best in their field, who have reached great heights, which I did, you know, I got to five in the world. It shows that you, can, you still have that, but, you know, you don't lose your talent. And um, so that's what keeps me motivated. Hey everyone, I'm Jamie Lasanti and I'm hosting uh, this week's SI Tennis Sports Illustrated podcast. Um, we're doing an out of studio kind of special podcast today. I'm filling in for our regular host, the legendary uh, John Wertheim, who is traveling the streets of New York City doing lots of stuff for UFC 205, which will be here on Saturday. But once again, in his absence, we have a very special player guest. Um, and so, get right into it. Eugenie Bouchard, how are you? Hi, thank you for having me. We, uh, we can start at the top. We are here in New York City, but yes. let's talk about where you are at yourself. It's November, kind of the end of the season. Um, what's, what's happening with you right now? Yes, exactly. I um, just started my off season. Uh, so in tennis, it's pretty short, uh, but we still get, you know, about two months off. Um, and so I'm actually in my time really off. And then in about a week or two, I'm going to have to start uh, training again and getting ready for the 2017 season. And are you, when you travel like this and you go from, you know, home or, you know, you're, you're here in New York City for a week, how much are you actually sticking to a training plan? Or is this more kind of like the the time where you get to decompress a little bit, enjoy yourself? Yeah, no, right now is really actually more the time where I'm not doing anything uh, physically, that is. 
Uh, I have about three weeks of that where I can really take time off, um, go on vacation a little bit. I visit my family all the time in Montreal. Um, I'm also doing things off court, of course, which keeps me busy and it's uh, super fun to do. But yeah, I haven't seen a gym in at least a week. <laughs> nice. That's, yes. that's good. I'm sure your your body's thanking you for that. And, and your brain too. You know, it's, uh, it's not only a physical break, but it's mental as well. Um, so it's a, it's a nice change up to uh, have a small break like this. And when will you start really, you know, hunkering down, getting in, putting the phone away, <laughs> you know, <laughs> telling everyone, I'm, I'm in camp, I'm training for 2017? Yeah, that'll pretty much start, uh, I think, at the end of next week or maybe the beginning of the week after. So we're talking mid-November type of thing. Um, and that's when I'll have, you know, six full weeks of training uh, till January. And that's when I start uh, in Australia. And you're going, what's your first tournament? Uh, my first one's going to be Brisbane. Uh, so as a warm event, and then I'm supposed to play Sydney as well, actually, and then uh, go to Melbourne for the Aussie Open. What did you take away from your, we're going to talk about non-tennis things, I, I, we've sort of gotten into this tennis route, but what did you take away from your 2016 season, um, at, you know, like you said, just sort of decompressing mentally, mm-hmm. reflecting back, what, what did you learn? Um, well, I, I would say my season is definitely not what I wanted it to have been. I had some ups and some downs for sure. So um, it's kind of uh, realizing, you know, the things I didn't do right and, uh, you know, trying to improve on that and fix that for next year. Um, and also to put it in perspective, perspective as well, you know, I feel like, honestly, I had a very average year or a bad year almost, um, but I'm still, you know, top 50 in the world. So um, I need to remember that, okay, it's not a complete disaster. Um, obviously, I expect more than that. Uh, but you know it is where I am right now, and um, at least I know that there's a lot of potential and a lot of um, possibilities for improvement. You talked about we were talking um, before we sort of started recording that when you you know we talked to John and Tennis Channel a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember one of the interviews uh, you talked a lot about you really opened up and you were like you know what I was struggling with my weight, I was struggling with stress, I was struggling with all these things. Yeah. What did you what did you learn from that, and how have you sort of changed since then? Yeah, well, definitely, you know, my I had an amazing 2014, and then the year after that was full of pressure and expectations and all those horrible anxiety feelings <laughs> of, um, yeah, just trying to live up to kind of what everyone else around expects of you. And I learned to um, distance myself from that and, you know, not take, let's say, negative media articles personally and only listen to really my inner uh, small circle, you know, the small team. Uh, because those are the voices that are important to me and those are the ones that are going to keep me on track. Um, and to, if I keep doing what's right and I keep following that plan, then you know, inevitably I'll, I'll get back to where I was and hopefully better. I want to talk a little bit about your, your team and your circle. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have a lot of siblings. You, yes. know, you said you get to <laughs> see your family. So how often do you talk with them? Are you close with mm-hmm. them? Um, you know, I, have, I have one sister, and she lives so close to me, and I barely see her. We work in the same city, no. barely see her. And so uh, how often do you really get to see your family? I don't get to see them often, but obviously in this day and age, FaceTime is basically like seeing someone <laughs> in <everywhere>, right? <laughs> um, so it's, it's so easy to keep in touch nowadays. Um, I have a twin sister, a younger sister, and a younger brother, and it's cool because they know, you know, kind of all the hard work and the sacrifice I've put in to, you know, achieve what I did achieve and, and to continue, you know, doing this kind of crazy job. So um, they're the people in the world who would probably understand it the most, um, you know, because, you know, people who don't know what I've done or people think they know, but they don't really know unless they experience it or maybe see it firsthand. So 
they are um, they're cool to have kind of in my camp. Who's who are you closest with? Is it your twin sister? Um, a twin, yes, but you know, girls fight so much sometimes yeah. that you know we're definitely obviously up and down like any sisters would be. Um, I'm close with my younger sister as well, of course, and also my brother. He's five years younger than me, um, but he's he's very driven um, and he's really smart in school. So I kind of relate really well with him on that, and I try to push him and be the kind of you know strong older sister and and motivate him. But um, you know his he what he does as well. Like he's 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 doing amazing. It actually kind of inspires me as well. So it's cool. Does he play any sports? He does. Um, for whatever kind of the season is with his school. He's in his last year of high school right now and starting to apply to colleges and he wants to go to maybe some big college in the States, so we'll see, uh, crossing my fingers for him. Um, and I always think, you know, with him or my other sisters, I look at their lives and I think it's so cool because I never lived the university life or just normal kid life, so I look at them with envy a little bit, like I wish I could do that. Um, and then they look at me like, and they think my life is so cool yeah. too, you know? <laughs> so it's cool that we both kind of, yeah, live through each other a little bit to kind of experience different things. Does he know, is, does he have any top schools in mind? He does, but I don't want, I don't even want to jinx anything. Okay, I was so going to say, are they, <laughs> if they're in like good spots where if you have a tournament. Yeah, exactly, you can, exactly. I don't need a hotel, I'll just, uh, I'll stay in your dorm. <laughs> oh God, imagine, no, definitely not. Or maybe he'll come stay in the hotel with me yeah, that true. week to kind of get away from the dorm, <laughs> who knows. If you, uh, did you ever think about the, the college life and sort of you know, choosing that, or when you were younger, maybe, did you think that, that you would go? That was actually never a possibility for me. I was so um, set in my mind that I was going to become a professional tennis player uh, that I didn't even have a plan B. Um, and I think that helped me kind of reach my plan A because I couldn't kind of sit back and be like, okay, well, worst case, you know, I'll go to college. But I do think, you know, playing tennis at college or any college route is obviously amazing. Um, but for me, in my head, since I was nine years old, I was like, I'm being a professional tennis player. So that's that's why I never know what I would I was get asked. You know, what would you do if you weren't playing tennis? Yeah. And it was always tennis from such a young age. I never even you know questioned the possibility of doing something else. So it's only been this. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's going good. This I mean, not <laughs> nine nine years old. I don't think you're thinking about college. So yeah. They, I think that's okay. Yeah, I, was, I started playing and I was playing tournaments um, around the world, you know, and I started seeing the life of what a tennis professional would, would do, and uh, I loved it. Last time I did this podcast, I spoke with Venus Williams, and, you know, she has this 11 brand, she has this whole business, yes. right? Um, you know, been in the game for so long, and I asked her a lot about off-the-court things, but just kind of her entrepreneurship and all that. Do you, do you see yourself doing anything like that or getting into something that's not tennis related? I definitely do see myself doing something like that. Exactly what, I'm not sure, um, but I know that it definitely wouldn't be right now because I have you know so much going on right now and um, obviously tennis is my number one priority and uh, I want to kind of get, you know, get to a higher level and I want to focus only on that right now. Um, maybe towards my end of my career or once I'm retired, I will definitely need something to do so uh, I'll definitely keep myself busy. <laughs> is, it, is it fashion? Is it music? Is it what, what do you, area do you think you'll go into? Is it journalism? Are, are, you gonna, are we going to be on the opposite here? Are you gonna uh, <laughs> I don't think, no, not journalism. Um, well, I've always joked that I would open my own bakery. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> because I can't cook but the only thing I can do is bake. 
Um, and so I... I'm my, the opposite. <laughs> my siblings would, li- like, make fun of me. Like, yeah, I can imagine you becoming so, like, fat, eating all your own, like, <laughs> cookies and, like, everything like that. Um, besides, uh, I don't know. I mean, I love fashion. I'm, I'm getting so into it now. So something down that route would definitely um, be seen, would fit for me. Uh, but I also love school. And I don't know. I'm definitely open to the possibility of going back to school. Awesome. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, off the court things. And one thing is Instagram, because you yes. talk about FaceTime, you get to see your family, but like, you're younger than I am. I, I spend a lot of time on Instagram, Snapchat, does. right? Doesn't? Exactly. So is, so first question is Snapchat or Instagram? I'm still like Instagram, but um, I've recently made my Snapchat like a public one. Uh, so I'm totally getting into that, you know, style i mean i had snapchat before obviously but i just had a private um but i mean instagram to me is still like very important but i think snapchat has this unique ability it's so easy to just kind of show what you're doing right in the moment and um yeah i probably post more to snapchat but like i save the really good ones for instagram type of thing and i guess people are always curious like how i always watch what my friends are on instagram like what they do like you know do you just look at the people you follow or are you like are you on that popular page what are <laughs> why do you go on like what what is it that you like about it um yeah i i i definitely you know always try to look at the people i follow um yeah i just love looking at the pictures and pretty pictures and aesthetically pleasing pictures it's always so fun to look at um but i do kind of look at the explore because i want to see if there's cool things out there that I'm missing, you know, um, and I've definitely followed more accounts just from that, you know, kind of explore popular page. Do you, do you read what people say on your photos? Um, that's something I, I really avoid yeah. doing. <laughs> and once in a while I'll have like a friend or my brother or something will screenshot like a super hilarious one or like a super horrible one and send it to me as a joke. Um, and so sometimes I, I know, uh, from that, you know, a little bit sometimes what comments are like. But no, I mean, I could not, I could not read through that. I would, you know, yeah, it would be too hard <laughs> mentally to go through that. <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll get lots of instances. We're in New York, so cool. perfect. Moments. It's never ending, actually, <laughs> in New York City. <laughs> we are in New York City uh, with Colgate. Yes. And so I want to talk a little bit about that campaign because I think it's not what people think because it has to do with strength. Um, and so talk a little bit about your your partnership with them it's mm-hmm. one of many sponsorships and partners mm-hmm. that you have yeah um, I was I was so excited to partner with uh, Colgate this past summer um, what I really love about it in particular is how it was really an authentic fit because I've you know personally used their brand since I was a little kid you know it was it was my favorite toothpaste and um, they really represent what I do in a sense of living a healthy uh, and active lifestyle um, and the importance of also being confident, uh, you know, so in, like in the morning and at night I'll use my Colgate Enamel Health and um, it just, it gives me the confidence, you know, I think a smile is so important and it kind of shows the whole world as well that you're confident. So um, it's, it's definitely key to me in my life on and off the court. Sure, and, and the, the whole thing is about strength yes. and you, we talked about it a little earlier, but you've sort of built up your strength again you you know after you said you lost some weight and you're really getting back what kind of workouts and what kind of training have you done to mm-hmm. really get back and and kind of get yourself ready for the next year yeah strength is so important and obviously that we can refer to mentally but also physically um and actually with Cole we we made a bunch of you know videos of my kind of favorite exercises and go-to tips 
uh, in the gym. Um, and nowadays for tennis players, it is so important to spend so much time in the gym. And for me, I really think it's important. To, I work like lower body and upper body, um, but just actually, you know, with the weights, doing the strength part. Because for me, um, you know, if I have that strength, then I can, I can push off quicker. I can push off stronger on the court. And uh, that's what helps me the most in my game, I find. Are you doing anything for injury prevention and things? I know it's, you know, for every tennis player, you, the season's so long, you know, you, you get in the, the majors and you've got, you know, two weeks and seven matches to get through. Yes. Mm -hmm. what, what are you doing on that end? Yeah, that's actually probably the most important uh, thing because, you know, if you're injured, you can't play. You're sitting on the bench. So uh, what is really important, I find, is kind of the consistency of it, is that you have to do these exercises in the gym as dreadful and boring as they are, you know. Even if it's the day before your match, sometimes I go in the gym after a match, I'll do some little shoulder exercises, strengthen the back of my shoulder, um, and then obviously as soon as I'm out of a tournament, get right back to it in preparation for the next one. But even though we have tournaments, it's important to even to do it kind of during them as well because we play so much that if we didn't do it during tournaments, we would only leave ourselves a couple months at the end of the year. So mm -hmm. it's important to kind of keep that constant regimen throughout the whole year. Are you, um, I know everyone has a different approach to this, but during tournaments and, and mm -hmm. during majors, are, is your practice schedule, your practice regimen different than, um, you know, some people, they don't even practice, so they just go out and they hit a little bit. Mm -hmm. what, are, what, are, what is your preference? Yeah, I definitely do it a bit different than, let's say, a normal week of training. Um, as I get closer to the tournament or closer to my match day, I'll um, back off a little bit in terms of, like, the length uh, and intensity of practice. Just because, you know, that last day or two, you won't really add too much by, you know, doing crazy practices. Um, and it's actually more important to kind of save your energy for the match. And because no matter what, you know, I want to feel rested and refreshed uh, as I walk on the court for my match because that's obviously the most important part of playing tennis. <laughs> uh, 2016, and just we'll look back and then we can look forward. But what was one match or one tournament where you felt like, you did really well or maybe just kind of stuck out when you when you reflect back on the season mm -hmm. well looking back I definitely had a good start to the year and um, that was actually when I was in most uncertain terms because I had the concussion at the end of 2015 I you know didn't even expect if I would be back on tour so soon uh, I didn't let alone I didn't expect to win a match uh, before like the middle of the year so to be able to kind of start like that was was really awesome um, but then I had a dip you know and it's just important to kind of realize that these things happen and um, to just learn from it. And uh, it's important at a time like this for me at the end of my season to look back and reflect, uh, focus, realize what went wrong and focus on improving it. Right now you're ranked number 51, uh, which when I when I saw that and I heard that, it reminded me of Caroline Wozniacki because going in, I think it was a few weeks before the US Open, she was ranked 51 and she, you know, everyone was like, wow, this is such a big drop for her. And she, you know, she went into the US Open and she, really put together a string of matches and you know she she finished the year uh, I think back up into the top 20 or top 30 um, do you when you see a player do something like that you know especially someone like her a former number one uh, do you do you draw inspiration from that is that something that you look at and you, you know, oh for sure I mean you know these things happen to can happen to the best of us you know um, I remember Andre Agassi you know dropped to well past a hundred and then came back to be number one in the world again so um, it shows you anything can happen. Uh, it shows you if you persevere, you can, you can do it. And it also shows you that players who have been one of the best in their field, who have reached great heights, which I did, you know, I got to five in the world. It shows that 
you can you still have that and it's just about um, figuring out I don't know the right plan the right strategy having the right team around you but you know you don't lose your talent and um, so that's what keeps me motivated to you know having the confidence I can come back do you reflect back to, to 2014 or to, to Wimbledon and everything do you try and draw from it at all um, I have at times um, and other times I've also told myself look it's it's the past it's over of course um, you know the results you had were great and will always be there but um, it's also time to you know focus on today and uh, get over it and you know kind of try to uh, try to live for right now and try to do the best you can right now you know it's the past and that's what's so interesting about tennis and so tough is you constantly have to prove yourself week after week you could win a tournament on Sunday and the next tournament starting Monday morning and you're starting back from zero and you're equal to everyone else in the draw and uh, that's what's so uh, mentally tough about this uh, crazy game we play. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah. you mentioned that um, when you are dealing with pressure, you, you turn a lot to your family and, and to your coaches. But do you, who do you feel the pressure from? Is it, um, is it your coaches and your family? You know, I, mean, I played sports. I know that when I went out there and saw my parents on the sideline. I'm like, oh, you know, like I need to do good. Or, you know, you're obviously you have team. I played a team sport. You have a team behind you and coaches. Yeah. Um, and and how, how are you dealing with that too? It, I mean, the biggest thing is um, that, that I noticed at the end of 2014 especially was um, just the kind of general, you know, attention and, and pressure kind of from fans or, or media who suddenly, you know, expected me to win every match. And now, you know, winning was normal and losing was a catastrophe, you yeah. know what I mean? And um, I also learned through this process that you know the media they have their job they want a headline they have to write a story and uh, you know they they'll build you up and break you down just as quickly so I learned not to take that so personally um, but I also learned that I was putting too much pressure on myself and I uh, you know would be so stressed with okay like I have to win this match I, I it would be so great if I could just win this tournament this week and um, I realized you have to kind of let that go and just play and um, it'll happen when it happens Awesome. All right, we'll do a little speed round and then we can wrap it up. So okay. just some, some quick, you know, kind of silly questions. We'll start with your favorite city or country to travel to. Country is Australia, for sure. Yeah. Coffee or tea? Both stain your teeth, but which one? Tea. I'm not a coffee drinker, and tea would be very occasionally. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. We'll talk about Snapchat story or Instagram story? Snapchat story. I've never posted one Instagram story <laughs> in my life. It's weird, isn't it? I just, I can't, I can't. <laughs> Maybe one day, but not yet. Uh, same. I'm the same. All right. Uh, favorite app on your phone right now? Not Instagram. Besides that. <laughs> um, gosh. I mean, it has to be the picture app because that's what, that's how I'm able to post it. <laughs> um, last thing that you ate? I ate one of those egg sandwiches from Starbucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, to go. Favorite place at home in Canada? favorite place I mean it just has to be my couch at home you know just uh, feeling comfortable feeling safe feeling warm yeah are you heading back to Canada tomorrow uh, I will go back for a little bit and then I'll start training uh, I, I actually live in Miami so I'll visit my family a little bit more and then go back to the grind all right well thank you so much for kind of joining us and we wish you the best of luck thank in 2017 you. and we will see you uh, in Australia we will thank you so much for having me Thanks.